You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. All right, friends. Well, we're in 1 John. Uh, We're going to be going through the book of 1 John, this short little letter for the next six weeks leading up to Easter as we get into the Easter season. Uh, And this will, we will finish 1 John on Easter Sunday, um, Lord willing. So we're going to be today looking at most of chapter 1, but very specifically verses 5 through 10. And that's what I'm going to read this morning, verses 5 through 10. Church, let's stand together as we, as we read God's word. Verse 5, 1 John 1, chapter, five, or chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves in the truth, not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we, we come with all sorts of emotions running through our, our hearts, our minds. There's a lot going on in our lives personally, in our lives collectively, as a, as a nation, as a, as a world. And we just, we need you, God. We need you to speak to us now through your word. When everything else around us seems crazy and chaotic, your presence brings stability and life and wholeness, and that's what we look for and what we need. And we're asking you now, God, to speak to us through your word so that we might be changed and we might live for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. So there's a word that I've been thinking about as I've studied for just thinking through First John as we're thinking through this whole series, um, and it's a word that I think has become more and more popular and important in our culture, in our lives, and that is the word authentic. The word authentic, thinking through, okay, what, what is authentic? What, is, what does it mean? How does it impact us? I know that people want authenticity. I like things that are authentic. I, uh, especially when it comes to food, I like authentic Food. I I grew up. Um, you know, I'm I'm half. I'm half and half here. I have uh, half my family lineage is is a, of Jewish descent from e- uh, Eastern Europe. That's the Greenfield side, and the other half is the Italian side. And uh, on that side, the Italian side is what I grew up with. Most of my immediate family, the closeness I had was to the Italian side of the family, and so that 
meant great food. It meant great Italian food. And my grandmother was a great cook. She uh, and my grandfather for holidays and for just regular life would just make amazing meals, dishes, and things now that I look back on and go, I didn't even like it back then. And now I wish I would have liked some of the stuff that they made. But that was like, that was authentic Italian food. And you know, the, the great thing about that is you get to experience the, the richness and the beauty of something that is authentic. And then the, the negative side is, you, it's hard to have anything else. And so when you go to like Olive Garden, yeah, hey, I'm all for the breadsticks and salad. That's fine. For, but let's, let's, let's use the word Italian food, uh, you know, loosely as we go over there. You know, it's, yes, there's spaghetti, there's pasta, there's things like it. But when, when, when you go and you've tasted and you've enjoyed fresh, authentic Food, and it could be in all kinds of different areas. You, you get spoiled. You like it. You want it. There's something about authenticity that we are drawn to, not just food, but even the products that we buy. More and more consumers, we are, are wanting authenticity from the, the, the brands that we're buying from. There, there's some research that says about almost right around 90%, some say less than 90, some say more than 90% of us, say that authenticity matters when supporting a product or a brand or liking a product or a brand. And so for companies, it's not even a matter of whether or not we should be authentic. The question is, how do we do it? And it pushes me to think through, like, what are we looking for? What do we want when we want, an, when we want authenticity in a product or a company? It's not just about the ingredients that go into it, right? That's, that's not it. There's more. We're looking for that organization to be honest and genuine and have integrity. And if they make a mistake, they own up to it and they correct it. And so here, here's kind of the big thing as we think about authenticity. You can't just say it. You have to show it. Right? You can't just say you're authentic and, and, and expect people to believe it. You have to show that that's true. You can't just say it's Italian food, but it better look and smell and feel and taste like Italian food. And this goes to a whole other level when we start thinking about relationships and people. We want authentic Relationships. We want authenticity when we are dealing with one another. Why? Because we want real, healthy, honest, genuine interaction with people. We, we all struggle with people who are fake, right? Like if someone is fake, if they are, they represent themselves one way but don't really live that way in another setting, that, that, that turns us off. And it shows us why authenticity is so important to us because authenticity, the authentic brings the most value. It's the most useful. It brings the most joy to our lives, whether it's a, you know, we're just talking about a slice of pizza or we're talking about money. Like, you know, whenever you give a hundred dollars, if you ever see anybody give a hundred dollar bill, I don't give hundred dollar bills too often. 
don't have them, but when, you know, they like draw a line over the bill and they're like holding it up to light. And what are they doing? They're like, I need to make sure this has value. I need to make sure that what it says is actually carrying the value that it says. And it could be with money. It could be with a, di- a diamond or it could be with a friend. Like we want the authentic. And one of life's challenges is figuring out what's authentic and what's not. So how do we know? How do we know what's authentic, what's not? How do we know who's authentic and who's not? It's, it's hard. And each of us, right, we, we kind of build our little list of, of things that this is how I'll know. If you say this or do this, I'll know you're genuine. Or I, I'm not, some of us make people work really hard before we ever put them in that authentic category. And 1 John helps. It helps us. It helps us in in getting very specific to one of the most important areas of life. Forget food, forget products, forget even friends. 1 John helps us in the area of faith. And helping us answer the question, what is an authentic faith? What does it look like? If you say that you're a Christian, what does that mean? What does that, what does that do to your own life and to the world around you? What should it look like? You see, the person who wrote this letter, this small letter, is John. John, you might have heard, remember from... The Gospels, we have the the four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Same writer, different emphasis. The Gospel of John was written to tell the story of Jesus, to talk about who he was and his life. The letter that he writes here, 1 John, is meant to explain how what Jesus taught and did, how that impacts our lives and how we should live because of it. It's, It's a teaching letter. He was a disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He lived with Jesus. He was in the most inner circle with Jesus. He was known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Man, there was a tight connection between John and Jesus. And John understood something about love that we all need to understand more of. And that's why in his gospel and in this letter, you will just see love talked about over and over and over again. And he's writing this letter because bad things have gotten into the church. Not just bad attitudes or bad people, but bad teaching. Bad teaching had started to circulate in the church. And remember, churches were grouped by region. There, were, there wasn't you know, all these churches in one little city area. There was a church in the city. And there was a region of churches. And so this letter would have been written and then sent out to the church. And then it would have circulated the churches. And they would have read it to the churches. And he was addressing some problems that were going on in the church. That there were questions of authenticity. Of what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be in the Christian community. Teachings that were false about who Jesus was teachings that were false about how we understand truth and how we process faith. And so these false teachers and these teachings came into the church and people started following them. They started forgetting the the original teachings and these new teachers came in and, and they were leaving the church. People had left. You can see it in the language, 
right away in the beginning. I didn't read it together, but we have it up here. Verse 1, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. You can put that up. That which we heard, uh, which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with with our hands concerning the word of life. John is, is setting the stage. He's like, okay, I want to use as much sensory language so we can all grasp how real Jesus was. We heard him, we saw him, we looked upon him, we touched him. He's setting the stage because he's about to say, what happened? You forgot. He uses this strong language to help. And you'll see this over and over again, that which you heard from the beginning. You're going to see that over and over again, that which you heard from the beginning. John is he's saying, like, this isn't new, okay? What I'm teaching you isn't new. You're hearing all these new teachings, and it's pulling you away, but it is wrong. You need to think about what we taught from the beginning. This is what Jesus taught and what we have been teaching. And so he's making sure they understood what the authentic Christian faith was about. And then, towards the end of the letter, he actually gives his purpose for writing. He makes it super clear. In John, uh, 1 John 5, verse 13, look what he says. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Our faith is built around a knowing Jesus and knowing what that means when we trust him and know him. There is an assurance for eternal life. And he, so he's, he's trying to build confidence. He, he's trying to straighten out all this bad teaching and encourage their faith. He's saying, I want you to have confidence in your faith. People are coming in and they're making you question all these things. I want you to know that you have eternal life. And that's what verses one through four in chapter one are all about. It's about confidence. It's about building that confidence. And then verse five through the end of the letter is all about what that confidence is gonna do for your faith, how it's lived out. This letter is to help us see what authentic Christian faith is all about. And it shapes what he writes and how he writes, the language he uses. And that's why right away we see this imagery pop up in the verses I read from 5 through 10. What's the big image that he, he gives us? He gives us this image of light. Something that everyone can understand. We get light. They got it. Thousand years ago, we get it now because it it pushes us to ask questions about light. You see, John is coming into a, a setting where there is chaos, where people are 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 unsure of their faith. They're leaving the church. The people that are left in the church are sitting, going, "I, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure what's going on." But you know, Joe left, and I, I don't know what to do about that. What, what happened? Why are they gone? Am I missing it? Am I wrong? And he's, he's telling me, he's like, look, let me, let me give you light. Let me show you who God is and what God does. He brings light. He is light. See, he says God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. He's saying, look, there are these guys who have come in that are, that are steering you all the wrong direction. They're, they're about to pull you over a cliff. And 
They think they have light. They think they have a new light, some new illumination on who Jesus is and what he taught. See, that was one of the problems. There was this this movement where people were saying, I have a truth that only a few of us have. And if you want to know that truth, you need to come to us. We called, they called it Gnosticism. And the Gnostic teaching was there is this special truth that only some of us have, and we will show you, but you got to be with us and you got to come. And so they were pulling them out of the church. And John is coming hard against Gnostic thinking, and he's, he's, he's using kind of sensory language and imagery to help fight because that's what they were doing. They were saying, we have light. Come with us. Let me show you. And he's saying, no, God is light. And I'm going to tell you that this is not a new teaching. This is, this is an old teaching, and you need to understand. Let me tell you about the true light. So we're given this light and darkness image, and it carries through the whole letter. And I want you to think about for a second just what, what does light do? It's powerful. Light shines. Light gives life. It gives sight. It makes it it, it makes things beautiful, right? When we go into a jewelry store and we see all the sparkling things sitting underneath the counter, what's happening? They are situated in such a way that the light shines on it and it reflects off and it makes it beautiful. But also, what does light do? It reveals ugliness. One of the best things about having a black car at night No one can see how dirty it is. But when light shines, man, you see the spots. You see what needs to happen. And the beauty of the light is you can either want to run from that and just always put it in the dark so you can never see how, how, how flawed it is, or the light can be used to reveal the flaws so that you can do what? Get it cleaned or get it fixed. It, it shows what needs to be done. Light is helpful. Have you ever... <laughs> Sometimes the, uh, they have those mirrors that are like super magnified and they have the light around. I don't know, it's just like a special light that, and when you look in your mirror, you look in your face in the mirror, it shows, it, I mean, it's scary. You just like, oh my gosh, what, what is wrong with my face? Like, what has happened? I mean, it's, I, I, and I get it, right? That's how... You can tell what to do, you know, what to pop, what to pick, what to pull, what to remove, what to tweeze, where the wrinkles are, where to, you know, put the creams and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're like me and you don't plan on doing anything about this stuff, it's just a revelation of terror. Like, like, yeah, I'm never hugging people again and I'm never getting nearer someone so that they don't see who I really am. Oh, but that's, that's what light, I mean, it's a, it's a revealing element and it can be so helpful, but it is jarring. It can shock us because it exposes what is real. It exposes darkness. It exposes truth. And so when John says, God is light, He's saying, he's not saying God is a light. He's saying God is light, the light. 
not one of many. He is light, and he, he pushes it to, this, to the next step. He says, in him there's no darkness at all. And so what that means is that he is bright, and we can see what's true about him. And not only is he light, but he gives light. And so wherever that light is, it exposes truth about us and about the world. And we see the things that John is trying to fight against and you'll see it all through the letter, but in verse, in verse 6, in verse 8, in verse 10, right? There, there are these statements. If we say we have fellowship, if we say we've not sinned, if we say there is no sin, if we, that, that John is pushing, saying, that's what they're saying. Bad guys. And he say, he's telling us there's a lot of saying going on, but there's... There's nothing backing it up. There's no life behind it. There's no living behind it. There's no truth behind what they're saying. And here's, I think, his big point, which echoes back to something I said at the beginning. You can't just say that you believe. You have to live like you believe. We can't just say we believe. So many people will, will claim to believe in one thing or another. But when it's tested, there's nothing supporting it. There's nothing foundational that's keeping that belief real and authentic. Our beliefs will be proven by how we live. He goes far in here, right? He's, he says, if, if we say that we have relationship with God, but we walk in darkness. He gets strong. What does he say? In verse 6, he says, we're liars. It's hard. But that's how important it is. And that's why John gets us thinking about this idea of walking. Walking in the light. Walking helps us Think differently about what it means to live in the faith, to have faith. It's not just a, I'm sitting in my faith. I am walking in my faith. It indicates movement, progression, intentionality. It's meant to represent a life journey of faith. Isn't it helpful sometimes? I mean, isn't it when you watch somebody walk physically, it's an indicator often about how they're doing physically, emotionally. Right? I mean, we've all had those experiences, right, where you're, I mean, my wife was just telling me the other day, she was at the gas station nearby, and she saw a man walking towards her car, and the walk indicated a lot about what was going on in this guy's life. Maybe she made some unfair assumptions, but it was clear he had been drinking too much. He was not in his right mind. He was approaching with an intentionality to have a conversation with her. And so, you know, she drove away. <laughs> she, she pulled out and drove off. Maybe he needed Jesus, honey. I don't know. Maybe you, you left him. Just kidding. She threw an invite at him as she was leaving. No, but if someone's walking, with, I mean, if someone's coming with a limp, you know something has happened physically. If someone is walking head down, shoulders slumped, 
slowly. You, you can tell something about their life. I mean, that, that, there's an indicator. There is also a spiritual walk that indicates how our faith is doing. And sometimes we as Christians and church people, we'll say that. We're like, hey, how's your walk? And if you don't know what you're talking about, you're like, well, I feel good. My hips are strong. My knees are good. Like, I, my walk is great. And you, we're trying to get underneath that and saying, how is your spiritual life? And it comes from here. How's your walk? There is an indicator of our faith by our spiritual walk. And so John tells us being in the light is a walking. It is a walking in the light means to walk in the light. When we are walking in the light, it means that we are, light is hitting and it is bouncing off and shining out to wherever we go. We are reflecting something about who God is. We're reflecting his character that everywhere we go, we are, we are shining examples of who God is. Walking in the light means that we are all about what God is all about. We want what God wants. We live how he says to live. It means that we're seen and we are we're showing who he is and we're not hiding who we are. See, verses 7 and 8, I think, give us a, a summary of everything that we're talking about. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, See, there's some indications through this, these two verses about what it means to walk in the light, to have a spiritual journey, a, a spiritual life that is moving forward. There are consequences by trusting in Christ and walking in faith, in relationship. And John's telling us, look, I want to show you how to, I want to show you what walking in the light means. There are some indicators. And through here, we can see it means that we are, we are walking with God. We're walking with others. We're walking with truth. And that's how we're going to just frame the rest of our time together and just give you some, some help to think through, okay, what does it mean for me this whole series is all about being in the light. That, that's what John is saying. He's like, I want you out of darkness. I want you in light. God is light. He is in the light, and therefore we are to be in with him. And so we walk every day. It is a journey. It is a step forward in faith. And it's hard. So we walk, and these three things are going to come up over and over again as we talk through this letter. So being in the light, walking in the light means we walk with God first. We walk with God. This is the foundation. This is the simplest one. Right? This is the, the most easy to understand. There is a relationship that we must have with God. There is no in the light without him. We don't create our own light. We don't get to decide what light is. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, it means in the same way. It means that we are walking with 
him. He is the center of all of it. We let him dictate how we live. We let him expose the areas in our life that need healing, that need work. And it means that we have a place to go with all of our burdens, all of our needs, all of our hurts, all of our sin. That's what it says in verse 7 before when we were looking at that, right? It says, we have someone who is faithful to cleanse us. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. When we walk in the light, we find salvation. That's what salvation is. That's, it's putting our trust in him, in Jesus, in the one who took our sin and gave us his goodness, perfection, his righteousness. It doesn't mean that we don't sin anymore, but what it does mean is that we, have, that we don't have to hide that sin from God. We don't have to run. See, that's why light and darkness are these powerful images. There's light. Everything is there. Everything's exposed. No one's hiding. We're all going, yep, this is me. This is who I am. Darkness is I'm going to try to navigate my way through life without any kind of source guiding me the way. I become the light. I become the source. And that is darkness. See, walking in the light with God means that we don't have to hide our sin from God. We're in the light. We have a Savior who can and will wash us clean. And so we start this walk with that first relationship. We walk with God, but we also walk with others, with people. This is so important. As we walk in the light, we have, it says, fellowship with one another, real relationships. We have fellowship. <laughs> fellowship is a word that's used in the Bible. Sometimes we use it in church world. But fellowship just means genuine relationship. Relationship where we are all going the same direction. We're not the same person, but we have similar goals, similar directions, similar targets. And we're encouraging each other as we go. This is so so important. If you have a relationship with God, that faith will move outward into relationships with other people. And maybe you're like, Adam, I, I, just, I just don't like people. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're just, they're the worst. Especially in South Florida people. They're, there's not a single nice person on the streets, on the road, in the stores. If you're like, Adam, all I need is my relationship with God. I don't need other people. All, I have him. That's what he wants. He's got my heart. I, have, I got my time with him. That's all that I need. Let me tell you this. If that's at all, if you're in that ballpark in thinking, you are identifying with the people that John is rebuking. He's saying, if we have fellowship with God, but we don't have with other people, we are in darkness. That's what, that's what the people who were, the false teachers that were leading these people away, there was some element of, their, of that in their teaching. 
We cannot identify with that. And I know, man, I know it is hard. People are hard. It is messy. It's smelly. It's uncomfortable. It, it is inconvenient. I mean, we, to, to get in life with others is a struggle. I mean, we're having to think through, like, how to tap shoes and elbows because we're trying to, like, like, it's super inconvenient, and no one did anything wrong. We're just, like, we're trying to figure it out. And that's, that's all of life. We're, we're having this dance with other people to say, I love God so much that I am going to work hard to make sure our relationship functions. And here's the reality. We need people because we're a mess. We need others to look in, to, to encourage us, to, to strengthen us, and to point out at times when when we got things we need to work on. This is the place where we really display our love for God. And not only do you need others, but I'm telling you, they need you. They need you. And if we just want to withdraw and retreat because life is hard and people are hard and like Adam, I'm just going to watch church online and I'm going to say my prayers and I'll do communion when I need to and I'm, I'm going to be a good person. Look, God is saying that is, that is a, a fraction of what this life is meant to be about. We need to be in relationship with other people and I know you've been hurt I know you've been abused by others at times. I know you've been marginalized, forgotten. You have been taken advantage of. You have been lied to. You have been cheated on. You've, all those things have happened, and I am so sorry. But it doesn't stop us from doing what God has called us to do because we walk with him first. If that's not there, then this is impossible. But when that's there, I can walk forward knowing even if you hurt me, even if you yell at me, even if you disagree with me, if you do whatever, I have a Savior. I have a God. I have a friend who says my identity is in him, not in what you think of me, not in how successful I am, not in how powerful, how many friends, how beautiful We walk with people because God has told us it is what is authentic. It brings the, the best in life. It brings the value in life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. The last part of this is just that we walk with truth. So, again, these themes are going to reemerge all through this study, but Walking in the light means we walk with God, means we walk with one another. But then there is this thing that ties it all together, which is we walk with truth. Walking in the light means a commitment to truth. This whole letter is, is written to correct bad teaching, bad thinking, to correct error. And so it shows us that there is such a thing as truth. Truth matters. It's one of our values as a church, and one day we're going to look at all our values and how it lines up with this, but it, our, our, our values line up with truth matters, worship matters, people matter. Those are our top three, truth, worship, and people, and that's all found even right here. 
people matter, truth matters because truth is going to be the, <laughs> it is what directs everything that we do and how we think about God and how we think about people. And I know, man, we often, we want to make our own truth. Truth becomes a sliding scale. And there are, there are in, our, in our world, there are gray areas at times. Things are not always black and white. Often things are in the middle that are hard to understand and hard to reconcile. But there are also definite truths that we must believe in order to live the life that God wants us to live. Light reveals truth. Right? Have you ever been in your house and you hear something scurrying or making noise or scratching and it's dark and you're sleeping and you wake up? What's the first thing that you want to do? You want to flip on those lights because Godzilla is in the room somewhere. You're sure of it. And you turn it on and it's, you know, a little cockroach or something. But you're like, yeah, that's worse. I'd rather take Godzilla than a cockroach. I understand. Light. It reveals, and it helps us to get on course. And truth is revealed by light, and truth is defined by God, and it's given to us in his word. And not everything is super easy to understand in this book, but there is a lot that is easy to understand, and the foundational basic principles of what it means to, to live a life of faith is in here and it helps us. And listen, truth, if this is a value in your life, it's going to mean at times you are uncomfortable with living in truth. Truth is a sacrifice because we want to do things our own way. We want to ignore objective truth and we want to create a sliding scale of truth so that we can feel comfortable in any given situation and so truth comes in and it's a light and it exposes and it, it, it's shocking at times and going man if i do this i will not be walking in the light i will be walking in darkness because i understand the light reveals truth and the darkness wants to hide truth God says, what is best in your life and my life is if we walk in the light, which means we are grabbing on to truth with a firm grip so that we can live a life that is full and full of all the blessings that God has for us. So we want truth to direct us, to correct us. When we start walking in the wrong direction, truth slaps us in the back of the head and says, no, 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 knucklehead, this way. You're about to go over the waterfall. And it brings us back. Someone ask you, where are you this morning? How are you walking? Are you walking in light? Are you walking in darkness? And you might be saying, Adam, I'm walking mostly in light. Well, that's mostly good. What are those things that God is pointing at, highlighting in you right now, saying, you're in darkness. My son, my daughter, you're in darkness. You, you're saying you have fellowship with me, but you are in darkness. You're walking in darkness, and you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others. You are hurting me. And I just want to ask you to go through those three things and ask 
that question, those questions. Am I walking with God? Am I walking with others? Am I walking with truth? That first question, am I walking with God? Do, do I have a relationship with God? That's the first question that everyone in this room needs to ask. Do I have a relationship with the Lord of the universe, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sin? If you do not have relationship with him, then don't go into this, those next points. You need to go before God right now and say, God, I need you. Save me. I am a sinner. And then you can start asking questions. Am I letting God set the direction of my life? And when you ask the question, am I walking with others? Ask these questions. Am I sharing my life with other people? Are there, are there people in my life who strengthen and encourage my faith? Are there people in my life who have the permission to straighten me out when I need to be straightened out? That's how you're gonna know if you're walking in light or darkness. You can ask yourself, is God's word the standard of truth for my life? Am I excusing darkness in my life because I wanna do what I wanna do? God is saying this morning, son, daughter, trust me, trust me. My way is best. This is what authentic faith looks like. Follow me, walk with me. It won't be easy, it won't be comfortable, but you will have your God with you the whole time. We're not promised freedom from trouble, but we are promised freedom within the trouble that we experience because of our God. Let's pray, church. Father, God of light, thank you. Thank you for showing us who we are. Thank you for showing us who you are. Thank you for the light that helps us where we don't have to be confused about what it means to, to be a child in your family. Thank you that it's not up to us to do a good job before you welcome us in. No, no, you welcome us in, you adopt us, you save us, you bring us in, and then you say, look, this is how, this is how I want you to live because I want you to have the best life imaginable. So God, help us to walk with you in the light, to walk with others in the light, to walk with truth in the light, and follow you with everything that's in us. Where we have darkness in our lives, God, would you expose it and would you help us to run to you so that you would cleanse us from all sin. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.